Thank you for joining our Thought Leadership Podcast. My name is Brandon Cooper, and I'm the Chief Risk Officer here at Venminder. Today, I'm excited to be joined by my, my recent fellow conference panelist and also my former prepaid industry colleague, Lorraine DeBonis. Lorraine is the Director of Marketing and Communications at Ubiquity Compliance Solutions. Lorraine has nearly 20 years of experience in communications. Prior to joining Ubiquity Compliance, she spent 10 years writing about all things payments for the B2B media company PayBefore, where she spearheaded content delivery for online and print publications, including Pay Magazine, Pay News, and PayGov. Her work has also appeared in Banking Technology and American Banker. In her former role, she also evaluated the industry's best technology, products, and programs through her work as the chair of the Pay Award Judging Panel. She served on the board of the NBPCA from 2015 to 2017. So without further ado, welcome, Lorraine. Good morning. Thank you, Brandon. It's great to be here with you today. Great to have you with us. Uh, you'd mentioned before, uh, you know, a little bit about Ubiquity and what, and what you guys do. Yeah, so um, Ubiquity Compliance Solutions is a dispute and chargeback management company, and we also offer fraud review and verification services for the financial services sector. And we have a lot of clients, uh, particularly in the prepaid space, so prepaid program managers and issuers, as well as um, digital wallet providers, too. Super. You know, we were recently on a panel together at the NBPCA's Power of Prepaid Conference in Washington in April that focused on risk management and compliance in the evolving prepaid market. From your perspective as sort of the moderator for that, what were some of the key takeaways from that discussion? You know, I think the key takeaway for me just continues to be how important third-party risk management is. And, uh, I mean, it's something that I wrote about at Pay Before for a lot of years. And, you know, even though prepaid, the prepaid industry, uh, you know, has to be good at um, third-party risk management because of the value chain and, and the third parties involved, there's always there's always room to get better. It's always an emphasis for the regulators, and I, I think the need for cooperation among all the stakeholders is also something that that really really came through. I mean, we all know that compliance is hard, risk management is hard, and um, you know financial institutions have so many competing priorities. But the third party risk management just has to be at the top. Yeah, I totally I totally agree with you. I mean, it's one of those things that having sat inside a financial institution for the past quarter century or so, you know, it's one that we kind of intuitively understand, but it's really great when we have, you know, partners both as program managers and issuers who understand their commitment to, uh, to you know, needing to support what the um, financial institution is doing from a third-party risk management perspective. And you're right. I mean, there are just so many competing priorities, whether it's on the business side or on the compliance side. Third-party risk management, unfortunately, seems to sometimes get shoved to the back burner. But in today's regulatory environment, you really can't let that happen. It's, I mean, it's it's always important, and you also, I mean, I think it comes down to as far as the collaboration goes, you just have to have that the expectations from the beginning. You know, who's doing what, why, and how, but also this understanding across the across the board that this is going to be an ongoing exercise, right? It's not like you can check a box and say, okay, my risk management is done, and now I never have to talk to my vendors again or my <laughs> my partners. So. It's definitely something that you have to, to be vigil, vigilant about on an ongoing basis. You're absolutely right. You know, right now I think the banks are under a ton of uh, competitive pressure to innovate, but I, th I think there's also that struggle in, in finding the right partners. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure you see it in, in what you do at Venminder every day, but there just always has to be – I mean, there's a lot of exciting new entrants, right? And so 
and a lot of them saying, you know, we're going to, we want to eat the bank's lunch. But I think there's definitely more of a, of an idea around partnership more than the disruption perhaps than there was a few years ago. And, um, but, but I mean, you just have to do the work at the, from the front end to make sure that you're finding the, the right partners and um, not just to be in compliance, but to make sure that you're protecting your business and also the, the financial system as a whole. How about from I a think, panel perspective? I mean, what, what sort of things did you think you heard there? Yeah, you know, um, I mean, one of the things that, that I heard at the panel and, and something that we work with very closely is the focus on, on Reg E. Um, so that would be the, the federal regulation that governs disputes and error resolution for debit cards and prepaid cards. So all those procedures that you have to follow, if, if I call into my bank and say, hey, there's this charge, I don't recognize it, you know, what are the steps that you have to take uh, to make sure that you're following the regulation and also, um, you know, doing right by the cardholder. So there's just a lot that has to go into that process. And um, there, it's something that the regulators are focusing on and have focused on for several years because there's a, there's a lot that can go wrong. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and Reg E is certainly not the most comp or not the easiest of uh, regulations to understand. I mean, there's a lot wound up in it. So what, what do you think some of those big challenges are that uh, banks and uh, prepaid program managers are facing specifically on Reg E? You know, like you said, there's a lot that can, there are a lot of moving parts. So you've got different dispute types. You've got the time frames that kick in depending on what kind of dispute it is. So whether it's um, you know, an ATM transaction or a, or a POS transaction, you're going to have different timeframes. You've also got different timeframes for provisional credit. So generally, you're talking about, you know, you've got 10 days before you have to, to issue provisional credit while you're investigating the transaction. But if it's a new account, um, you get a little, a little bit extra time. You have 20 days for that. Um, where you can spend a little bit more time looking into into the dispute, but uh, there's just so much, so many moving parts, as well as um, you know the network rules on top of it. So you've got the regulatory requirements, but also the network rules, and those have recently changed. So you, it can just get really complicated really fast. So I think um, you know another area is that you have spikes happening um, as fraud goes up across the board. That increases disputes. Um, you know, you're seeing actual fraud and friendly fraud, and and then just spikes around um, tax season or back to school and, and times when you have big deposits going onto the accounts. You're going to see higher volumes on the dispute side at those times, which can be a challenge if your uh, third-party providers aren't ready for them. Absolutely, and, and you know, just understanding those spikes in volume and how to how to plan for them, how to prepare for them. I, I think certainly, as well as just the awareness of those spikes are going to happen, and they aren't necessarily an anomaly. It, it's just something you need to deal mm -hmm. with and seasonal and, and need to work through it. And you're right. I mean, Reggie is, is infinitely complicated. I always describe it as having to hit, hit multiple moving targets uh, in the right order, and that, that is ex extremely, extremely difficult. You know, interestingly enough, you, you mentioned fraud. What, what, what about some of the BSA and AML controls as, as well as some of the con uh, security considerations? I mean, all of that. All of those things are hot issues. Um, you know, it's something that the regulators continue to put out um, in guidance, or when they when they put out their, um, you know, what they see as the the big risks for the financial institutions. And BSA AML is up there. Security is huge. I mean, we're reading about another breach just about every day. It seems like so. Um, there's a lot of emphasis on that. I think the other thing that's important, and, and we talked about it earlier, is just that the need for ongoing 
uh, risk management. You know, it's not that one and done checkbox exercise. You have to be spending a lot of time and investment on a continual basis. And, you know, you have to be able to adapt when we get new regs, although, um, you know, that prospect may be a little less likely now that we have a new administration in Washington. It's interesting. I mean, the, the long-awaited prepay rule seems to stop and start and, stop <laughs> and, start and get extended. We've been, I think we've been talking about that and thinking we had the final version of it uh, three or four times over the past four or five years now, and now we've still got right. another year until next April's uh, effective, mm-hmm. effective date. You know, exactly. what are you hearing from the industry experts? I mean, I know you, you said uh, what we're hearing in Washington, but what do you think from a compliance and risk management standpoint? It's just important to, you know, being at Power of Prepaid was great because I did have a chance at, at, to talk with you and so many other people that are dealing with these issues every day. And, and it really doesn't matter who's in power in Washington. I think, uh, you know, compliance and risk management still has to be top of mind. The risks don't go away. I mean, maybe the risk of of new rules or, uh, you know, that might go away a little bit depending on on who's who's writing the rules or or mining the store. But I think that at the end of the day, you know, the states have have said that the AGs in particular may be looking out, looking to pick up some of um, the perceived slack from the CFPB. And so you just have to be vigilant. It's the risks don't go away. You have to, um, you know, make sure that you're in compliance all the time, and and I think it's just an ongoing challenge for for everybody. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you mentioned the state AGs, and you, you certainly see that. I mean, New York, California, I, I know you mentioned as well, uh, as being ones that are particularly aggressive, and, and it looks like a lot of them are just, you know, poised, waiting to say, okay, well, it's the CFPB or uh, BCFP, if it, that's the new name of it, um, it's going <laughs> to withdraw a little bit. We're we're prepared to step in and. And make sure that you know we're holding the, the financial institutions accountable. So it really is a, a very, very interesting time, to say the least, in Washington. But I don't think any of the regulatory changes right now are going to trickle down to, in, in a meaningful way that, that you know allows a, a compliance officer, a third-party risk manager, to suddenly say, "Ooh, we got it easy all of a sudden." I, I don't think it's anywhere near that. I think we're <laughs> fully <laughs> right. You know, right. Yeah. I don't. I don't think any compliance officers out there ever think their job is easy. <laughs> I, I never did and probably never never would. <laughs> you know, given, given some of what you've seen in your uh, 10 years or so in the prepay business, what are some of the ways that banks can improve their risk management practices overall? You know, I feel a little bit like a broken record. Uh, you know, risk management is hard. I've said it. Compliance is hard. And nobody knows that better than the compliance officers. Um, but I think it's a big reason why, you know, banks are seeking out companies like VenMinder you know, even when you do a good job at risk management or you have that um, robust system in place, the demands are just increasing. And it, and it maybe isn't that it's coming from the regulatory side, although the regulation is certainly complex, even things that have been around a long time, like Reg E, for example. But um, there are just so many areas where you might need some help and also just dealing with um, so many new entrants in the market and, and wanting to be on the cutting edge and and innovate, but needing to make sure that, um, you know, from the financial institution's perspective, that you are still maintaining that uh, robust risk management framework. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, it's interesting. I mean, we in, in my two prior organizations, we really did want to be on sort of that innovative cutting edge thing. But there, there's a real trade-off there. I mean, you got to really consider, you know, what sort of, what sort of idea are they bringing to the table? They just have a great idea and some money to back it up. 
or have they invested the time and effort into developing, you know, the rigor around a compliance management system and, you know, understand the, the legal basis of, of, the, of the product or service that they're offering. And, you know, we struggle with that, quite frankly, even, even in a fairly well-buttoned-up well established bank. You know, it really is, you, you want to take advantage of the new opportunity, but at the same time, you're a little scared because, you know, the regulations just aren't keeping up uh, with the innovations and in technology. So it really does take a, a lot of work. Well, Lorraine, I appreciate all the time. Um, you know, any, any final thoughts before we wrap up? I think just, again, emphasizing the, um, the fact that, you know, no matter who's in, who's in power, no matter who's at the head of a, a particular agency, compliance and third-party risk management just have to be ongoing priorities. And, um, you know, with more and more sophisticated fraudsters always looking for opportunities to infiltrate the financial system, you just... Uh, the risks aren't going away. And so, um, you know, there is this tension of being nimble enough on the bank's part to work with the new partners and bringing in innovation and creativity to the business and to the customers. But you always have to maintain that focus on risk management and due diligence and, and making sure you're picking the right partners from, you know, as a third-party vendor, I think, um, you know, it's incumbent on, on us at Ubiquity Compliance to make sure that, you um, you know, we are making compliance a priority, and I mean, for us, it definitely helps that our CEO, Cheryl Slipsky, is also a lawyer, so <laughs> definitely have that compliance mindset from, from the start for us, and, um, you know, and also just making sure that as the rules change, and, and as you mentioned earlier, you know, that, that CFPB rule for prepaid, it, it'll probably go into effect at some point, right? So we, we have to be ready for those any change, any new changes they might make, and I think that's one of the big reasons why we participate in the power of prepaid and, and also with the um, network branded prepaid card association, you know, throughout the year. Just being part of that organization is a, is a tremendous asset for us to stay on top of of the rules at the at the federal level and at the um, the state level. Absolutely, and it's interesting because uh, just recently I was invited to speak at the. Um, Financial Crimes Task Force meeting uh, that Brian Tate was chairing for the NBPCA and had, had a really good opportunity to kind of get in depth and some of the things around third-party risk that you need to really <clears throat> think about, you know, whether whether the rules are what they are today or whether they change quite a bit. You know, the, the principles of third-party risk management are really always pretty much the same. You just need to kind of evolve them with the times. Well, again, Lorraine, I really appreciate your time today, and, and thank you for everybody in joining in the session. Please be on the lookout uh, for future interviews in this series. And again, we appreciate your time and joining us today. Thanks so much.